This one is um, advanced technology. It's got no wire. <laughs> Good morning. Okay, no meditation today. The reason being that I have a limited time and we need to get started. Chop, chop. But before we begin, I would still like your mind to calm down a little. Because it's about metta, right? And metta is such a beautiful state of mind. So good if you could calm down a little, breathe deeply, just breathe. Softly. <laughs> Watch your breath. I'm, we're not doing meditation, but just observe your breath as it goes in and out of your nostril. For that one moment, are you aware of breathing? And how do you feel when you're aware of breathing? How do you feel? Calmer? For those of you who are looking at me for next instruction, you're not observing your breathing. <laughs> you just observe your breathing and note it. There's nothing for you to do. Just observe that breathing and note it. Your mind is running wild. What does she want? Why is she, why is she asking me to do this? Why is she wasting our time? I'm not. I'll explain to you in a while. But you've got to follow my instruction as is. Okay? Now, before we start, I'm going to ask you this. Are you familiar with the term metta? Yes? I, I understand you did a one-day retreat on it. Some of you had joined Bhante Sukhovita elsewhere for a metta retreat also. Are you familiar with the concept? Anybody? Here? Anybody home? You are familiar with it. So what is it? Exactly. Friendliness. What else? What, what do you understand by the concept? Let's get this thing straightened out first. Okay? What do you understand by the concept? Because until metta comes spontaneously for you at any time, any place, it's a state of mind. Until it gets to that point, for you, it remains a concept. Fair enough? So you tell me, as a concept, what do you understand by it? Ah, like Valentine's Day like that. Huh? <laughs> Love. Okay? What else? What, what do you understand by the concept? You say you have an idea. What is your idea? Share, huh? Acceptance. Acceptance. Well done. What else? Kindness. Kindliness. Okay. Agaration. Unconditioned. My sense of hearing is not so good. It's got to do with crossing the midpoint, you know, of life. What else? Goodwill. Yes. So you kind of have an impression what it is. Right? Then why are you here? 
You all know, right? You have, you, everyone has some impression. Some impression of what Mita is. But you are here because you think there may be more. Or because you've got nothing to do on a Sunday morning. Uh. Sunday, right? Today is Sunday. Yeah, Sunday morning. <laughs> okay, let's get started. Are you aware that there are two suttas delivered by the Buddha on Meta? Are you aware of that? You are aware of one. Karaniya Meta Sutta, okay? Which we will go through subsequently and I'll explain why. But there is another sutta. It's found in the Anguttara Nikaya and it's called Loving Kindness, Meta. Okay? Uh, in case you are interested, it's Book of Eleven, the 15th um, component, the 15th one. Okay? So AN 11.15. Okay? What the Buddha said was there are 11 benefits to practicing Meta. Are you aware of it? Okay, who will give me number one? <laughs> well done. And number two? You sleep, you must wake up. Ma. <laughs> what the Buddha said was, you sleep well and you awaken happily. So let's start with this one. I will go through it. If you do have a state of metta, When you rest at night, you don't need sleeping aid. The moment your head touches the pillow, your mind is happy, it shuts down. And it remains shut down. Why? Because there is nothing disturbing your sleep. If indeed you have metta as a state of mind, there will be nothing that disturbs your mind. So when you sleep, the mind happily goes off and rests. If you are agitated, this is just normal human behavior and normal human experience. You recall the time when you were agitated? You got a quarrel with someone, you had some differences with somebody in the office, or worse, you had words with people in the house, and then you go to bed. And you're going to wake up feeling not refreshed. First, it gets a while for you to go to sleep. The mind is disturbed. And then when you sleep, the body and the mind are not resting. So by the time you wake up, of course you're not happy. Therefore, if you go to sleep and you sleep well, you will wake up happily. One awakens happily. Okay? Number three. What's number three? One does not have bad dreams. If you have metta, you will not have a mind that is so restless and disturbed that in your sleep, it manifests into nightmares. For those of you who regularly have nightmares, metta's the way to go. Okay? Not the sleep therapist. One does not have bad dreams. Number three. Number four, Buddha said, one is pleasing to human beings. People see you, they like you. Ren看人爱. Correct, right? I didn't say wrongly. Uh. You know, if I, if I were to use the wrong Mandarin words, can one of you in front... Uh, sorry, wrong. Okay? <laughs> okay. 
does it mean? Put yourself in the position of the ones at the receiving end of meta. Okay? Not the one giving meta, the one at the receiving end of reactions. If you were with somebody whose face is bland, to say the least, or uh, what someone called sour puss, <laughs> okay, how do you feel? Unless you're made up very the kilat, right? The odds are you're going to sour puss back. The odds are, if someone stares at you and gives you the look, after metaing a while, you're also going to give back the look. Humans are like that. So if you are a practicing Buddhist and you aspire to walk the Eightfold Path properly, learn to control that face of yours and be a little bit more meta-ish. Okay? And it can be done. The point is, by the end of this lecture, you should know how to do it. Lah, because that's part of the plan. Part of the plan, okay? So, if you are able to have a state of mind that has metta, then someone looking at you would feel nice. They will feel friendlier. And therefore, you are pleasing to him. That's how it works. You must give first, then receive. Don't just stand on there and wait to receive. Receive goodwill. You must give the goodwill first. Okay? Number five, not just pleasing to humans, pleasing to spirits. Um, Buddhism, we believe in different planes of existence. We believe that there are other forms of existence. And there is another form which is invisible to the naked eyes, um, but they are in a state of pain, more pain, more grief. Um, and in that state, we are commonly called them ghosts. Buddha used, I mean, not Buddha, but uh, Bhante Bhikkhu Bodhi used the word spirits. The idea is beings of a different existence which are in a more painful state. And you, if you have metta, would actually make them feel better. And because you make them feel better, they also don't want to give you trouble. If you make them upset, they also can make life entertaining for you. <laughs> okay? So that's the idea. So you be nice to them and they won't disturb you. Okay? So, if you go to hotel rooms and feel that there's a presence, don't just pull out your suitors and all those things. Uh. Send a bit of meta, which you will have in full abundance at the end of the talk. <laughs> Next, deities protect one. Meaning, if you have a lot of meta, and there are... Now, just as there are beings with a, in a poorer state of uh, existence in the lower state of existence, there are also beings in a higher state of existence, better heavenly state of existence. And of course, they don't need your meta, right? Seriously, they need you to give them goodwill. No, when you give them goodwill, they feel good about you, they want to help you, uh, give a panchan a bit, give you a bit of something, a uh, huh? bit of blessing, so something like that, okay? You think about it. Uh, you always put yourself in the shoes of these beings. 
I know, hard to imagine, but just try. Suppose, let's say, you are better off and you come into contact with people, humans, people who are worse off. But they are still very happy. They live a simple existence, tough life, but they are happy and they are friendly towards you. The odds are you want to help them. Yes? No, just take whatever they offer. They already happily go away. No, you feel, you feel bad that they are living in a hard, hard condition and they are so nice, you will say. They are so nice. You will give your travelling money. They will come back to Singapore, collect some more, go back, give some more. You want to help. Human beings are like that. Then when you die, become heavenly beings also like that. You want to help the ones you like. So if you have meta and it comes out spontaneously for you, the word is spontaneous. If your meta comes out, oh, very difficult. You know, your meta must, may I be one happy, and it comes out. That type of meta, not so good. Huh? You got like the old car, you know, crank up the machine, and then come out. <laughs> That type of meter, not so good. Okay? So it must come out very spontaneously and easily for you. Then you are the class. Okay? And then in that kind of state of mind, you will be a beacon of goodwill. Then these beings, wherever they are, human spirits, divinities, whatever, they are positively disposed towards you. Meaning they like you. Okay? Seven. This one is rather cute. Buddha said, fire, poison, and weapons do not injure one. Then you say, say. <laughs> I got meta, I would gonna all these things. Uh. You know, you can think of it literally. So it's like fire. Then you can touch, uh, touch fire, see whether it burns you. Uh. I, and it could be figuratively. Poison and weapons, if you think about it, uh, not fire, just poison and weapons, they are wielded by human beings. So if you have meta, no one will use this against you. Meaning you don't make enemies. Poison and weapons um, are wielded, used by human to hurt another. So if there is meta, I think that's what it means. If there is meta, you make friends, you don't make enemies. Then there shouldn't be a reason for you to be attacked by these things. And I found fire interesting because even though it's a force of nature, but of the forces of nature, this is the only one that human can carry around. You cannot carry flood water around. My flood water coming at you. <laughs> you can't. But you can carry fire and a small one can cause a lot of damage. So again, I think it is about human being making use of weapons against you. And if you have meta, then there shouldn't be a reason why someone would want to harm you. Even if, if for whatever reasons they want to, they hanker after your money, but they still like you. So they wouldn't kill you. Okay? Next. Once mind, and this, the rest of which is about practice. Once mind quickly becomes concentrated. This 
means meta does two things. One, if there is a sense of goodwill, meta is goodwill. I will explain what is meta in a while. If there is a deep sense of goodwill in you, the mind can calm down fast, in other words. It can get concentrated. It comes down and it can get concentrated fast. Think of you trying to do meditation when you are feeling rather low or feeling rather agitated. You just had some words with the fishmonger and now you're trying to meditate and your mind is just going, he judged me this and then he say me that and he does this to me and next time I'm not buying from him. <laughs> right? So, when there is annoyance, there is anger, there's agitation, very difficult for the mind to concentrate. When there is meta, a, a, a mind that is happy, is able to calm down faster. You, the other thing is this, if you look at kids, little ones, and you're trying to teach them something, in the day, on a day when the, the kid is upset, annoyed, he's very hard, he's very difficult to teach. He can't concentrate. And you'll be saying, why aren't you concentrating? What is wrong with you? And he can't. He's just very agitated. But when he's feeling rather nice, you know there are days when they are really, the kids are really, really nice. They're very nice, very happy, very gentle. Everything you say, he say, okay, mommy. Then what? Then it's easy to teach him. Even when you tell him to put his toys away, he will put it away for you. Right? You all have no kids. <laughs> you have never seen kids before. You must do something about it. Okay? <laughs> you think about it. You think about yourself. When you're in a good mood, you're also very easy, ma. Your spouse comes to you and, darling, can we get a car? Can. <laughs> it's a good day. <laughs> And that's the day you sit and you meditate. Ah, oh, jhana, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Regret and talk. <laughs> okay. And then, good news for those who need makeup. One's facial complexion is serene. Quite good. Quite a few of you got rather serene complexion. You all do meta. <laughs> So, what does it mean? It means that if you can have that state of goodwill, the state of pleasantness and joy, the state of mind affects the way the form, the face, start to look. If you are always annoyed with the world, for sure, you don't do advertisement for Clarence or whatever. Because you are going to have that uh, look stuck on the face. You know, the point is stuck on the face. But if you are so gentle, so nice, so happy, that joy, that happiness will also be stuck on your face. It's a better sticker. <laughs> Next, one dies unconfused. Meta, if practiced correctly, and becomes a state of a common state of mind, 
when you are at your deathbed, that last thought moment, the state of mind is a pleasant one. You are focused. It is actually connected to an earlier point. You are concentrated, you are focused, you wouldn't lose that focus. You see, how does it work? You must have meta first. And it is a common state for you. Then you will notice that actually meta as a state of mind can be quite stable. Okay? And last one. If one does not penetrate further, one fares on to the Brahma world. When you passed away, you will join the ranks of the heavenly beings from the Brahma world. Why does that happen? You know, there is, there, is a, there is a reason why the Buddha calls the four Brahma Vihara Brahma Vihara. It's like living like the Brahmas, Meta being one of them. When your mind is in that state, in those states, your mind is not the same as the rest of humankind. Human beings' natural state of mind is agitation. Some agitation. You don't believe? You ask yourself this. If I tell you, don't look at your handphone, don't look at your iPad, don't look at Android, whatever screen that emits blue light, don't look at it. Don't eat. Don't talk. Don't watch TV. Don't go shopping. <laughs> then what I do, uh, do nothing. Just sit. And you say, hey, I'll go crazy. Yes? The odds are you will find yourself a bit agitated. No, go for a retreat. Go for a retreat where they confiscate your phone. <laughs> you go for a retreat that you've got the phone with you. Okay, no, no, not good enough. You go for a retreat where they take away your phone, they take away all those things that emits blue light. And you tell me, how's the state of mind? And the odds are, you, you'll say, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. I try very hard. Do karya sacha Got the last more. And so on and so forth. Why is it like that? Because the normal human state of mind is agitation. It goes into the search mode. It fluctuates. It's like the market. I'm talking about the stock market. Boo, run. Bush, oh, bull run, bull, bear, yeah, bull, bear, bull, bear. Don't know which one is which, but it's, like, it's up and down. Okay? And, and it goes crazy. When you are in a state of calm, which can happen, you go for a retreat long enough and you do it, you are guided properly, you do it well, you will get into a state of calm. And when it gets into a state of calm, then for the first time, maybe not the first time, but for many of you, maybe the first time, you see a mind that is not chasing, not agitated. And that state of mind, in that state of mind, you will experience real metta and karuna and upeka and so on and so forth. This is, this is the Brahma Vihara. And for the first time, you say, I'm actually at peace. I'm calm, I'm serene, I'm happy. Now imagine that state being the normal state of living for you. 
That's why it's Brahma Vihara. It's special. It's, it feels different. It feels, you feel happier, calmer. And then you say, this is nice. Ah, but when I go back to work, no more. You know, not true. Get it right? You back to work, still there. Okay? So, <clears throat> if you die and you have practiced metta well, it follows you. The practice will follow you. <clears throat> Buddha said in the Sutta, when the liberation of the mind by metta has been repeatedly pursued, developed, and cultivated, note, they are all adjectives here, pursued, developed, cultivated, make a vehicle and basis of, carried out, consolidated, properly undertaken. What do all these words mean? They mean continual effort. Continual effort to cultivate metta. You can do it well, and it has to be consolidated, properly anchored. It's not a split-second metta. It is extended, and to some extent, effortlessly extended. And then you will start to appreciate and enjoy these 11 benefits. If yours is a split-second one, you cannot lah. Split second meter tonight, I must sleep well. Tomorrow, I better wake up happily. It has to become a state of mind. Now, so we're going to ask ourselves what then is meta? Meta, actually, there are various ways of looking at it, and it's something to bear in mind. Number one, meta is a feeling. A feeling. You know when you are in a state of meta. You feel good. You feel happy. It's a pleasant feeling. If there is no meter, at best you are neutral. At worst, you are feeling unpleasant. So meter, first and foremost, is a feeling. That is why some teachers will tell you, oh, you want to generate meter? You think of something Pleasant. Think of a baby. Remember? For those of you who think of a baby one. Think of babies. Think of babies. Okay. Okay, whatever. Think of babies. Think of Buddha. Think of Buddha. That one generate faith, not meta. But it's okay. Or gratitude. Think of something pleasant, but not your loved ones. Think of something pleasant. And then you bring up a good feeling and then you spread that feeling. Have you heard of this method? You all never check out enough teachers. <laughs> this is one method that people teach. It's a good feeling. But it's not enough. Because it merely says something is pleasant or not. It feels good or not. Meta is a good feeling. But to say that it's a good feeling is actually not enough. It's more than that is also a state of mind. What is a state of mind? When you're feeling grat grateful, you know gratitude? 
Gratitude is both an experience, a feeling, and a state of mind. If you're feeling pride, it's a state of mind. So what it means is, when you are experiencing metta, experiencing it, you feel it, you know it's there, it stays there for a while. Okay? How the translation for the word metta, many of you, when you first encounter that word metta, you may be told that it is loving kindness. Yes? Hello? And then somewhere along the line, you will read that actually it is friendliness. Yes? So it's both loving kindness and friendliness. Why? Uh? They are very different, eh? Yes? They seem very different. Actually, it means this. When you are feeling goodwill, I'm going to introduce a new word. When you're feeling goodwill, feeling uh, goodwill, feeling friendly. Can you imagine that? feeling friendly, feeling goodwill. Feel when you meet somebody for the first time and you're in a relatively good state of mind, you're not very annoyed that day, you're okay, la. You, had a good, you have a good meal, you're feeling rather good. Then someone says, hey, I'm going to introduce you to a good friend. That state of mind that you, when you stand up and say, oh, hi, and you're feeling rather open, that is actually one form of metta. It's very mild. It is conditional. Conditional upon who you meet. Someone you like, the meter grows. Someone you don't like, meter shriveled. Okay? It, meter is actually like that. There are different versions of it, different forms of it. So if you see somebody and you kind of, you're in your stranger mode, but they are actually quite pleasant, you don't mind meeting them for the first time, that is meter. That is why it's called friendliness. Meter comes from the word mit, which is friend. Friendly, okay? But in the practice, in our practice, that kind of conditional beta, not good enough, not strong enough. That's not the state that we're talking about in this practice. So what is it? At a spiritual level, at a practitioner level, you actually learn, and I mean it, huh? you actually learn to put yourself aside. The sense of that self, the sense of the I. So you say, I am being meta, your meta really wonky. The sense of that I has to diminish. It shrinks first. And only when you are not fully in the picture, can the meta, that feeling of goodwill, grow? And there's only one level. At the highest level, which is when it becomes Brahma Vihara, when it becomes a Brahma Vihara, what happens is this individual is now a practitioner who actually understands the Dhamma. So the sense of anatta is very strong non-self. And when there is a sense of another, the sense of non-self is strong. There's no self. There's no I. When that is strong, there's plenty of space for metta, metta for everyone, because all it has is feeling of goodness. 
and goodwill and friendliness and kindliness. That's the matter we are talking about. But it is not something you work, you don't work towards metta. You work towards understanding anatta, the Buddha's Dhamma. The more you understand the Dhamma, the more that sense of peace grows. So metta actually sits on the peace and the contentment that you have. The more you feel peaceful, the more you are content, the more you let things be, the more you, you are saying, it's okay. World is like that. Life is like that. Anicca, dukkha, anatta. It's just like that. The more these perspectives sink in, the more you understand the Dhamma, the more the metta will grow spontaneously. You don't have to mind, may I will be well and happy. You are happy. You understand? That's at the highest level. Highest level doesn't mean very the charm, you're so difficult. It doesn't mean that. It merely means that when you work to understand the Dhamma, as the Dhamma dawns on you, grows on you, then that feeling, it goes like this, huh? then that feeling of contentment, peace, goodwill starts to grow, that metta will really shoot. And the rest also, the karuna, the compassion, mudita, upeka, they all grow spontaneously. So if you are of the mind that all you need to do is think of the baby, and then my metta will grow, because I think of baby, I feel happy, may I be well and happy. It doesn't work. Because you find that, hey, how come grow like that, then like this no more? I think I need more babies. <laughs> Paste the pictures around the house. It doesn't work like that. You don't believe? Now I introduce the other sutta. Karaniyamita Sutta. You heard of it, right? And in the Karaniyamita Sutta, which I will take you through very, very quickly. No time to... Wait. Wow, you don't have the dual one, Pachi, and then both sides comes. <laughs> this is from a book, a prayer book, puja book that was translated by Banteji. Okay, so this is his translation. Karaniya Mita Sutta. Some of you will be familiar with it. Anybody familiar with it? Excellent. That's it, that's satu orang. Dua orang. Allah, don't, too many numbers, I can't handle it. Tiga orang boleh. Okay. <clears throat> Loving kindness. Bhante's translation, one skill in good, wishing to attain that state of peace should act thus. Let me explain. Huh? This is a practitioner. Skill in Good. He's a practitioner and he is walking the Eightfold Path. And he wants to walk the Eightfold Path. He hopes to realize Nibbana, 
Okay? This is a practitioner. But put it to yourself. You want to understand the Dhamma, yes? yes. This is where you chorus enthusiastically. Yes. yes. Like that, you know, must be enthusiastic. This is Sunday morning. You must like jump and joy. Yes. Okay, chorus. You too want to practice and you too want to see the Dhamma, but of course you also want to play your games. It's okay. Balance, balance, okay? Should act thus. Able. Sako. Sako is able. Competent. Straight. Honest. Upright. You're righteous, huh? Suwacho. Obedient. Gentle. Humble. All these able straight, upright, obedient, gentle, humble. You will think they are just a series of adjectives which a Buddha happily just padded there. They all have their own place in the meta universe. What it means is you are serious about the practice. You are good at it. You are honest about the practice. How many of us try, then in our private moment, back off a bit, not so good. These are serious people. And the ego is starting to fade. So when we say obedient, gentle, humble, this is an individual trying to not let the I get out of hand. It's containing it, taming it, taming the sense of self, taming the sense of ego. Okay? And then you look on, attitude, content, easy to support, doesn't do many, 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 many things. Living easily, lightly, he starts to watch his mind, control his senses, discreet, not impudent, unattached to family. These are monks, so they are not attached to their sponsors. For us, we learn to become a little more detached. You're learning to be a bit more detached. But you look at this, stance, this portion. This portion is about letting it go. Content. If we ask ourselves, do we typically, are we typically content? And the odds are, depends law, someday content most days not. <laughs> Some moment content, most hours not. Okay, la, then you try and flip it the other way around. Just learn to let be, let be. It's okay, no problem. Easy to support because they are monks. But in our case, easy to maintain. Same. Okay? <laughs> easy to maintain. Uh, Few duties, some of you will say, cannot la. My job very the many duties one, you know. I understand, I understand. So therefore your meta a bit like that, law. <laughs> if you are more easygoing, no, that doesn't mean that housewife got nothing to do, you know. <laughs> Don't get the wrong idea, but I've seen many housewives, not very meta one. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean anything. It just means you, the individual, in your own mind. Are you able to let go? Are you able to prioritize? Or are you caught up? I have to do this, 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 and all these 20,000 things I must do well. 
then you've got a lot of duties. So. Then you say, does that mean I'm, I, I can be irresponsible, don't do the thing? No. Can you just do and not hold on to the fact that you have to do? Have to do. Just do. Sweep the floor, just sweep. Don't say, I sweep the floor, I mop the floor, I do this, I do that. You see, I've got so many things to do. Do mindfully. Sweep first. Tomorrow, then mop. Day after. <laughs> Forgot already, never mind. Day after. Don't eat your food all over. It drop crumbs everywhere. Then it's okay. Cool, you know? Actually, it's a state of mind. It's only a state of mind. Some people, five duties, chuck, 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 done. Some people, five duties, don't know how to multiply to 50. <laughs> because it's in your state, your mind. So this is what it means. Take it, one thing at a time, do it, clear it, calmly. Controlled in senses. This one I can testify. Most of us are not controlled in senses. What does it mean? Hear, see, touch, whatever your, your mind just kind of dance all over. I see something, I hear something, I taste something, I smell something all over. Control in senses, actually what it means is the mind is in the present. It's a mindfulness thing. The mind is in the now and you know. You are aware that there is a knowing of the present now. So there is the arising of seeing, and arising of hearing, and arising of smelling. But in the arising, you know there is knowing. And that registering of each arising of the sense base, that registering cannot be all over the place. It will register one thing at a time. Okay? In that sense, your mind is calm. If you can note one thing at a time, it is calm. If you can't note one thing in the mind, and you're not noting anything, then it is fire in a cinema. Everybody chonging for the door. And die. Because it's a mess. It's a chaotic mess. Okay? And then you go on. One should not do any slight wrong for which the wise might censure one. I want you to just look at this thing. Huh? Ah, yeah. ah, excellent. You see how this line and this line suddenly, there's a break. One should not do any wrong for which the wise might censure one. May all beings be happy and secure. May all beings have happy minds. What does that mean? Buddha was explaining that if you want to practice metta, if you want to develop metta, the first thing you need to do is to get your mind in order. If you learn how to be content, how to let things be, how to tame the ego, tame the ego, only you can do it. If someone else has to tame your ego, you are not going to be very happy. And what? Metta. You'll be Amitta. <laughs> In order that you truly experience Metta, the ego, you have to tell yourself that I, that huge I, has to be smaller. I have to let it go. I have to tell myself it's smaller. When you actually succeed in doing it, straight, a mind, straight away your mind shifts. Look at this part. You don't even have to try. 
straight away the matter arises and therefore your mind will say, let everyone be happy also. So if you do everything correct, all these things, and not a lot, like, only two and a half stanza. <clears throat> if you were to do these correctly, straight away the mind calms down. If you do all those things, if those energies arise, that you're easy, you're simple, you're content, you're not rash, you're not deeply attached, you're watching, your mind is in the moment, you're watching the, the mind calmly, there's a state of calm that arises. In that state of calm, a joy will arise. Because of that joy that arises, immediately you feel you want to share the joy with everyone. And that is how it spins into the next one. Everyone be happy. Everyone have happy minds. The joy must come up in your mind spontaneously first. That's how it works. So if you can feel that you are letting it go, you have to tell yourself that it's okay. I'll take it easy. I've got a lot of responsibility, never mind. I leave it outside, but uh, BF door. Afterwards, then go retrieve. Forgot to retrieve, leave it there. You, you, you start to say that to yourself. You start to say it's okay. You start to cancel off the duties. Some needs to be done. Others can wait. Others, I might as well just drop. It's okay. When you start to be able to do something like that, you'll be surprised how more peaceful you will feel. And when you feel more peaceful, there is a quiet contentment, and that quiet contentment will translate into a sense of goodwill, a sense of joy. It is this sense of joy. It's spontaneous. It will come up, and then that is when the metta, that is metta, that is when that sense of goodwill can be shared, can flourish can grow. And the more you look at this energy of joy and goodwill, the more it grows. You talk, talk, talk so much, it will dissipate as fast. Okay, this is the Buddha, was the Buddha's method. This was how the Buddha taught metta, meditation. Okay? And then when it comes out, now all these words, all these words are just words from here to here. If you are experiencing metta, you don't have to, okay, wait, wait, what did the sutta say? Uh? Mm -hmm. uh, all beings without exception, weak or strong, large, long, whatever, sure God, metta gone, right? <laughs> because you're too caught up with words. All you need to do is just focus on sharing feel the good energy feel the good feeling i told you it's a feeling feel it i told you it's a state of mind because in order to get there you have to have attitude change your perspective has to change it's okay let go be content and so on and so forth your attitude has to start changing you start experiencing it the joy will start to come up that joy you latch onto it you you push it out Basically, you say, I hope everyone feels this way. That's what you're saying. I hope everyone feels this joy. So may 
all beings be happy and secure. The joy is obvious in those lines. He's happy and secure. And then repeat, may all beings have happy minds. You just look at the words. This guy is very happy now. So he's wishing that everyone share in his joy, his happiness. So if you don't feel very happy because you feel that the world has cheated you, okay, let's go for meta meditation. Get some happy feeling back, Bola. You don't go there and toxify the whole place. <laughs> Here got meta bzz, the dial, meta audit. <laughs> okay? Now, does that mean I cannot go for meta? Can, can go for meta meditation, but can you sit in the bubble first and cleanse the mind, then you come back and enjoy it. But jokes aside, it is important that you need to understand how the mind works. And if you, if you are of the mind that say, like that one man, you sure? Sure, Buddha sure. Not I sure, Buddha sure. This is how it's supposed to, de- to be. Now, because, because you are feeling so good, and as you are pushing out this energy of goodwill and friendliness, as you are just pushing it out, this is actually energy. As your mind is in a state of delight and pure joy and you're pushing it out, it's very strong. Someone comes into your presence when you're doing it right, they also smile at you and they don't know why. Okay? So, okay, this thing pushing out. Then the mind of the practitioner starts to reflect a little bit more. People don't harm each other. You see that? Don't bluff. Don't cheat. Don't harm another. So you are feeling, it goes beyond just wishing you, if I were to wish you, I wish that you're happy, it's one level. But this is another level. I wish that you're happy, and I wish that because you feel this joy, don't harm another. I wish you will do good, do no evil. Because you know, when one does evil, there are repercussions. I wish that you will feel so good that you won't see the need to do bad, in other words. And you think about it, in your own life, right? When you wish someone happiness, it's just one level. I hope you're happier. One level. I hope you're happy and that you will continue to be happy and that you will live a good life. Different or not? Don't know, I repeat. (laughs) It's different. You are beginning to wish more, okay? And this is that famous phrase, as a mother would risk her own life to protect her only child, one should cultivate a a boundless heart. This is just a phrase, which for some reason we all love so much, a mother protecting her only child. Actually, it merely means you are giving. If your joy is pure and you wish someone well to a point when you are so giving, you just hope that everyone shares it and they are like yourself experiencing deep, deep peace and joy. It's that. Meta is that. You will experience deep peace, joy, 
happiness, absolute, absolute happiness. Not conditioned, ma. Because it's all generated from within. And all over, it gets stronger and stronger. You see? One should cultivate for the world a heart of boundless loving kindness. All over. Now you have nothing. Earlier on, there were beings. Big ones, small ones, invisible, visible, etc., etc. Now, you are just blasting. It's like spamming, you know. But you're spamming meta. Spam meta is okay. Good karma. Okay? And, and, okay, uh, now let me explain the next one. Meta, because, remember what the Buddha say when you have experienced this meta? The mind is concentrated. Actually, it, it cuts both ways. It's, it's, a, it's an egg and chicken thing, okay? But let me explain how it works. If you are content, easy to upkeep, humble, gentle, remember all those phrases? If you bring your mind to that level of practice, it starts to feel good, right? It starts to feel peaceful, happy, joyous. Then that is the beginning of this meta, right? As this meta starts to spread, and you start to observe the energy of goodwill, pleasant, very, very, very joyous. If you start to feel it, it will grow. You feel it correctly, it will grow. As it starts to grow, your mind gets calmer and calmer. It's, it's calm-ish to begin with. Otherwise, it won't start. But as you start to look at it, it gets more and more concentrated, calmer, more and more serene, basadi, tranquil, okay? And it gets concentrated. So you are already looking, if you understand what's going on, you are looking at the seven factors of enlightenment. If you know what's going on, you understand the nature of the mind, you are effectively looking at the seven factors of enlightenment. The mind gets into a state of calmness, it's aware, it's there, it's concentrated. You look at it. What's the seven factors of enlightenment? Mindfulness, sati, dhamma vichaya, viriya, samadhi, oh, sorry, uh, piti, pasadi, samadhi, upeka. Sorry, all Pali words. <laughs> sati, mindfulness, dhamma vichaya, dhamma investigation. Virya, energy, piti, joy, pasadi, tranquility, samadhi, concentration, and then you have upeka, a state of equanimity. Okay? All these states basically will be there. You are in a state of quiet, calm, you are very aware, you are very focused, you are still very calm. And in that state, that's where it, this thing comes in. Whatever that you are doing, whatever that you are doing, you are in that state of mindfulness, that awareness that sits within it, a joy, a quiet joy, a quiet contentment, and you know it. Mindfulness, you're aware of it. And this is a practitioner. 
if you continue in that state and you know what you're doing and you understand the Dhamma, not falling into erroneous views, you understand the Dhamma. This is Samaditi. Correct understanding. And you have virtues. This, is be, this would be your virya. And you see, you understand, you start to let go of craving. You will never come to birth in the womb again. This is an anagami to that level. Okay? So, meter at a very simple level, it's for yourself. So what does it actually do? It's for yourself <coughs> to tell the mind, it's okay. I can be happy. I can let it go. I can be kind. Actually, it, it actually starts off like that. I can be kind. I can be giving. Then you start to feel a little good. If you, you know, when I asked you, think of it as something positive. Think of giving. Think of uh, loving. Think of being kind. Think of this, that, other. You have to settle the mind into a state of quiet and calmness and gentleness before it actually starts. It starts to feel good. <clears throat> Start to feel friendly towards another. At a very superficial level, this is how it begins. It doesn't begin with words. It begins with feelings. But the words are only to bring out certain... The mind needs to travel. If you're talking about thought construction, the mind is trying to travel in a certain way. How does the mind, the thought works? <clears throat> How does it travel? You tell yourself, I am a, I am a student of the Buddha. I'm a, I want to be a practitioner. I want to feel that I am li living this, what, this life meaningfully. So I want to see the Dhamma, practice the Dhamma. So take a bow first. Sometimes it helps. Take a bow, tell the mind, I'm just going to sit and be quiet and feel good. Okay? Now, at that moment when your mind is scanning and trying to feel good, it's wrong. It will not feel good. So what you do is you tell yourself, I have to learn to let go because this is a practice. I have to learn to observe the precepts. I've been a good person. In fact, if you had been a good person, even better. I want to walk this path. I have observed my precepts. I have been kind and giving today. Today is also the time when I want to learn to just let be for a moment. I can't let be the whole day. <clears throat> I can let be for the moment. Let it be for the moment. I can be content for the moment. You see whether your mind is starting to calm down. If it's starting to calm down, you start to feel a little better. In fact, Earlier on, I asked you to watch your breathing. For those of you who followed instruction, watching that breathing, how did you feel at that moment when you are just following instruction, watching that breathing? Did you feel a little better? Did you feel that the mind is quiet, quieting, quieting, or whatever? 
calming down, <laughs> becoming more quiet. Yes? That, if you can do that again, that is the start point of metta. It can happen after that. Because as your mind starts to quiet down, you feel a little better. Feel a little pleasantness. Yes? Now, silent. Got a nod. So tam, uh, the way you answer. <laughs> your, your meta where? I ask you to leave your trouble out there, you leave the meta out there. <laughs> you see, what happens is, when you start to watch that breathing, the mind starts to calm down. And then if you need to, if you need to, because some people don't, but if you need to construct some thoughts, you will tell yourself, I'm going to sit down, I'm just going to let go of the worries. I'm just going to enjoy the meditation. I want to feel peaceful. Just tell your mind, it's time to be quiet, to rest a bit, to let go of the trouble, to let go of the responsibilities. And then if you had been a good person, you spared the life of the mosquito, I let go, I didn't kill, I'm happy I didn't kill. If you squash the mosquito, yeah, level mind lah. Just say tomorrow I will squash your relative. <laughs> so tell yourself that you had been good, kind. And then you, you should begin to feel a subtle, very subtle sense of well-being. It's very subtle. Okay? If you feel it, just observe it. Don't go and latch onto it and yes, this is it. Psh, look at it. And this is the time when you say, you, if you want to, you can. This is the time you feel it and you start to say, I wish that others would also experience this. This is where it starts to grow. Understand the, philosophy, the principle of how the mind works. Understand the principle of how the mind works and the meta can grow. Don't understand how the principle works and you will still be scrambling around for it. You understand that? Now, I'm going to stop talking so that I can give you a bit of time to ask questions. Um, I have to leave at 12. So you have about 15 minutes to pose your questions. Because I think many of you would have tried and you may have your own personal experience about the practice Okay. Thank you, Sister. I think it's very insightful, very comprehensive. Um, yes, before I could actually open the floor, we already have a hand up there. So, yeah, please keep your question very brief. Thank you, Thank you Sister B, for teaching us Meta during this festive period. Uh, you have covered quite a lot of uh, Meta from very basic to the very enlightened part of the meta. I just want to ask you one very simple daily requirement. Suppose I'm my boss and he's scolding me or my colleague is very angry at me. How, what's the best technique to have this meta so that the whole day, whole day won't be spoiled? You know? So I just like you to elaborate on this. You know, meta, true and pure meta is possible only when you have very, very, very little ego left. 
So the one way of ensuring that the day not spoiled is if you've got no ego. Lah. The people score, then the ego all, no, they're not there. Ma. <laughs> now, when you have a sense of the I, and we, the I doesn't like to be told off, and the I can't accept it, the I, the sense of the image, of the, the, the I wants to be of a certain nature, to be treated in a certain way, and so on and so forth. As long as that exists, it is very difficult to have meta, which kind of holds you in the bubble. So, so I, what I'm saying is you've got to manage your expectations. Meta is not a miracle pill. It is only if you truly understand the Dhamma. And then, in this individual's mind, in the individual who truly understands the Dhamma, you can say whatever about the person. The fellow doesn't internalize it. So his meta continues unaffected by what you have to say. In fact, you're going to start feeling bad about scolding the individual because he's not internalizing anything. But the rest of us are not like that. Most of us just have an ego in various shapes and sizes. Sometimes we may be very skinny, but ego very fat. Sometimes we may be very big, but our ego actually not so big. The ego is just there. It's in the way. The question is actually not meta. The question is, can you see for yourself that your ego, your sense of the I, is all mind-made? Mind-constructed. I am the most beautiful creature in the world. <laughs> Nobody agrees with me, but it's okay. I still believe so. So if someone comes along and says, why you look like that? Ah? Oh, die, end of the world. It's mind-made. It's the same thing. I am honest. I am good. I am upright. I am brilliant. I am strong. You kong, you happily kong. The worst kind, we call it a chip, is where we say, we kong, right? we say all this wonderful thing about ourselves, right? but secretly we are scared that we are not like that. You, you got You got experience that? And secretly, you're afraid. Right? Maybe I say I'm brilliant, but actually I'm not. Lah. I'm very average. Did someone actually point out, you're average only? Oh, die. <laughs> Reality hits. So actually, this thing about trying to manage the pains, the, the external vibes, the external barbs, it's really about realizing for yourself how much mind-made things you've constructed about yourself. Number one, learning to manage those constructions. You go and construct an entire condominium, you're in trouble. We even learn to, if you learn to, start to trim those constructions, start to say that I am actually just slightly above average rather than I'm so brilliant, right? Or you are, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. If you start to say like that, it doesn't really matter what people think of me. It really doesn't matter this. It really doesn't matter that. If you start to become like that, then your meta actually becomes more spontaneous, number one. And number two, when someone actually gives you an awful gift, you are not so affected.
less affected. So it is not about metta warding off pain. It is about growing wisdom. Understanding your mind, understanding how it works and how you have fabricated buildings, HDB flats all over, all this construction, you start to trim that. And you know, Buddha, in his lifetime, constantly taught people to reflect on death. Most people, oh, oh, Chinese New Year. <laughs> See, choy, <choy>. choy. <laughs> but we're Buddhists, right? We're not superstitious. For those of you who are superstitious, <laughs> Buddhists in his lifetime talk about death quite a bit and constantly advise us to reflect on mortality. Because when we reflect on mortality, we learn a little bit of what we call more strategic thinking, more broad-minded thinking, more balanced thinking. If we don't reflect on mortality, since death is such an ugly word, right? So we talk about mortality. When we reflect, if we don't reflect on mortality, it is easy to lose sight of the big picture. Because we're then caught, we're then, we are then caught up in the little, little, she say me, she say me, they say me. But if everybody is going to die, including me, it's okay, right? you say whatever you want. You see the big picture and the small picture? So the, the Buddhist practitioners in his time actually spent a lot of time reflecting that uncle death will come. And it will come in unexpected ways. And then why do we bother so much? So we, we tell ourselves that. We remind ourselves that. And then you will take things at a more philosophical treatment, with a more philosophical treatment, rather than agitating over specific and small things. We start to pull back and look at it in a big picture way. Okay? Let us see if we can give opportunities to the back rows. Are there any questions or comments? Okay. Hold on, sister. Thank you, uh, Sister Sylvia Bay. My question is, I understand your concept where you say when we recognize uh, non-self, that means that ego is uh, lesser. Meta will generally uh, infuse in us, correct? So therefore, in our practice in meditation, if we are doing breath meditation uh, in the hope of lessening the ego, when does metta meditation come in? Uh, is it part of the breath meditation where we reach a state uh, and then we start to radiate metta to bring us to the next level? Or is it from the start that we practice metta meditation? Okay. Actually, first, let me, let me just uh, take, away, take us away from answering the question specifically. Let me explain a few things first. Huh? When you use objects, in meditation, we use objects to anchor the mind. So when we say breathing, anapanasati is actually mindfulness on breathing. Anapana is actually breathing, not, not breath. 
So you are observing the process of a flow of air going into your system, coming out of your system. So your object for the mind to anchor itself on, hold on to, that object is breathing. Okay? If you use metta as the object of focus of meditation, then it is the goodwill, the feeling of goodwill, friendliness, joyousness. It's a very good feeling. It's just a feeling. That feeling is what you latch the mind on. Holds there, stays there, feels it. But it stays there. So the object, not the same. One is breathing, the other one is metta. Can we switch? Of course you can. Should we switch? No need to if you don't want to. It's very easy one. The point is the mind needs to focus, rest on just one point. Okay? The reason why I ask you to watch your breathing is because I wanted you to realize, for those of you who got it right, it's to realize that when your mind settles on one object, it actually starts to feel good. If you just settle, and it's very fast, if you just observe something, settle it there, you start to feel better. That feeling better is, that feeling uh, is similar to a feeling of metta. It's similar because it's actually just joy. Except that in metta, the joy explodes and you start to feel goodwill. It goes beyond, I'm feeling happy. It's, I'm feeling happy and I'm feeling good about people and I hope you all feel good too. So it goes beyond just me feeling happy. Okay. So to your point on how do you use it for meditation? To use it for meditation, first and foremost, you really have to start to recognize this feeling of goodwill. It's actually a very strong feeling of goodwill, feeling of peace, calm, joy. They all comes together in a bundle. When you, okay, you've gone to nature before? Don't have that to say MRT station. You've gone into nature, stare at nature, that's it, just stare at it. No mosquito biting you, you are quite enjoying the nature, have you? Then you feel a sense of goodwill, yes? It may, may, may just come up just for a short while, but it's there, right? That goodwill is metta. It's just feeling goodwill is metta. But then you say that, oh, yeah, I, I can't just bring it up at will. Yeah, it's normal because in our normal mind, we are too agitated and we dance all over the place. Very, we, are, we are always chasing, wanting something, a lot of responsibility. I've got to wash my car, I've got to wash my cat. It's very, it's very difficult to settle down, you see? It's very difficult to settle down. But if you don't have to wash your car, you don't wash your cat, then you think about it. Ah, today is nice. I can sit back. I can just relax. I can just watch the mind. And the mind is feeling good. I'm feeling cool. Feeling nice. This is metta. You use this, this goodwill feeling, 
it can only grow and grow well if you have you're, you're starting to let things be be content you're observing the practice well it actually is like that it, how does it go uh? initially you you first you learn to recognize that feeling you try try learn to recognize it then when you start to recognize it it's probably because you're beginning to meditate somewhat or in daily life you're actually quite a nice fella you don't usually get your ego doesn't get agitated very fast people poke poke you okay if you tend to be like that then there's a good chance meta comes more spontaneously for you actually can be seen one you see the face uh, cannot smile meta got locked away six feet under if you see the face soft gentle smiling all the time <laughs> meta abundant abundance <laughs> salah english so if, if, if for you, metta comes on spontaneously, that can be your object of meditation. But it shouldn't just stay there. Metta, if you see the, the, the teaching, it is to guide you to understand you let go, you let go more and more. And the more you understand the Dhamma, the more the metta will spin. It, is, it becomes spontaneous. It becomes a way of life. As you become, as you grow in the Dhamma, you start to understand the Dhamma. When you see, the more you see, the more you will feel goodwill. Because when you begin to understand the Dhamma, you begin, your ego begins to shrink. The sense of the I will start to shrink. If you say, my sense of I doesn't shrink, how? Then you don't see the Dhamma. <laughs> uh, like that one, uh. If you see the Dhamma, it will start to shrink. When it starts to shrink, you have more space for people. I, I used to tell, use this analogy. In this room, if your ego is so big, there's no one left here because everyone could force out the room. Your ego needs a space. But if your ego is very small, and it's like the size of that fan, not the head, just the stick, Understand, right? If it's the size of the fan, you can just imagine how many people can squeeze in. Boundless. Bring in all the people, plenty of space for others. That's how meta works. The less there is of you, the more there is of the world. Meta. And the same for karuna, by the way, compassion. Same for compassion. The less of you, the more of others. The more of you, where got others? Okay? So, bottom line, you can use it as an object of meditation. You can start it anytime you want. You can switch it around if you want to. But, but the only way that it will really truly grow is if you begin to let go of the I with understanding. You let go of the I by saying, uh, you can repeat a thousand times, it doesn't work. I don't, my eye not real, my eye not real. Must, it must start to sink in, sink in that the eye is mind-made, the self is mind-made. When it starts to sink in, you begin to see, begin to understand it, then, then, the, then you are starting to let go and the, the, the meta will start to grow. Okay? Right, sister, I think because of time,
you, I know we, you have to leave, so I'm afraid that we will have to postpone all the other questions and invite you back the next time you're in town. And perhaps you can even talk to us in depth about the other three Bama Viharas. Also, Happy New Year, everyone. I gotta go. Can we put our palms together and say sadhu three times to rejoice in these teachings? Thank you so much. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.